Hello, everyone. This is Roman Polnar, and welcome to Food for Thought, a series of conversations with entrepreneurs, professionals, thought leaders, and philanthropists in the Jewish community. Today, I'm excited to have a conversation with Alex Chujoy, who's a commercial photographer specializing in real estate photography, which we'll talk more about in this conversation. But first, a quick word from and about our sponsor. This series is brought to you by the Hebrew Free Loan of San Francisco. Hebrew Free Loan is a nonprofit that provides interest-free loans to help Jewish individuals in Northern California overcome financial challenges and pursue life's dreams. Hebrew Free Loan has been supporting our community with interest-free loans for over 125 years, and this series of conversations is another way to offer resources and support. And if you're listening from outside of Northern California, and if you're wondering if there's a Jewish free loan that serves your area, please check out IAJFL.org is a network of more than 50 Jewish free loan agencies throughout the world with the common goal of providing interest-free loans to those in need. All right. So without any further ado, let's get started with the show. Alex, welcome to Food for Thought. Thank you. Good to be here and nice talking to you, Roman. I've known you for quite a while and it's a pleasure to be here and talk to you about my passion. Well, it's a it's a pleasure of ours as well. And uh, let's talk about your passion. I assume we're going to talk about real estate photography or is it photography in general? No, I want to focus on real estate photography and, uh, and uh, I'll briefly touch how I started in uh, photography in my early career. But my... Uh, Current uh, passion and the current endeavor is exclusively real estate interior exterior photography. All right. So tell us more about that, because it, that sounds like a very specific type of photography. Real estate photography is all about photographing uh, interior exteriors uh, for uh, residential and commercial real estate. And um, I began to focus on uh, real estate photography about uh, five, five years ago. Major photography studio in San Francisco, Open Homes Photography, saw my website, saw my photography, and um, they approached me. And uh, they asked me to join them, to join their ranks and become a real estate photographer in uh, in San Francisco, working on, under their names. I did not know much about real estate photography then. I have had a lot of experience as a photographer doing a family portraits, individual portraits, so fashion shoots, uh, weddings, events, or bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs, but uh, I've never done real estate photography until I joined um, Open Homes Photography. And uh, for some reason, I thought that I can easily transition from photographing people and events into real estate photography. Nowhere near. It's an absolutely different approach, different art form, different uh, uh, eye, different uh, exposure and composition. Everything is different. So Open Homes Photography decided to teach me real estate photography. Hmm. And uh, what I learned from them is uh, the composition, how a house, a room, a place, should look like and how it should be photographed. Properly exposing it, it's only a fraction of a successful shoot. Um, rooms have to be uh, composed properly and uh, adhere to strict loose 
rules of uh, bookmarks, bookends, sorry. Bookend is exactly what it is. When you see a shelf full of books, on either side of those books is the stand that supports those books. They're called literally bookends. And um, the Open Homes Photography showed me how bookends should be applied in uh, photographing uh, residential or commercial interiors or exteriors. And I had no idea what they were talking about. So in real life, uh, a good bookend in uh, interior photography is uh, one end of the door jam and maybe a edge of the frame of the window, something that has a defined or solid, straight, permanent edge. Really a bookend. It's a frame within a frame. Hmm. You have a major frame of the photograph and then a, then you have a sliver of a door jam or a windowsill that represents a bookend. It's absolutely not a good idea to cut a photograph across the door jam or across the window, across the piece of furniture, across something that is kind of ambiguous and it doesn't ground. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I learned this from them. I learned a composition and I learned how to pay attention to um, the entire mood of the room. When I was learning photography in the early 80s, my instructor told us, sometimes you look at a photograph and you don't know why it's appealing. Whether it's a scene, portrait, person, whatever it is, sometimes photography just does not appeal to you. He said, you know why? We said, no. He said, very simple. If you will take any photograph and break it down to individual elements, whatever is represented in a photograph, and if one of these elements is not appealing enough, is not set up properly, then the whole photograph will look upside down. And uh, I applied this rule in my wedding photography, and especially portrait photography. If a hand or head angle or something just did not look like it belonged there, then the whole photograph would be, would be unsuccessful. And I apply the same rules in real estate photography. If a certain element is out of place, if a room is, is so properly arranged, properly set up, and all of a sudden a trash can appears from, uh, from around the corner that I missed or it's there and it just doesn't look right. I missed it when I when I when I did my composition, but in a photograph, every little flaw is magnified, and that a trash can would stick out like a sore thumb, and uh, I have to discard that photograph, no matter how well it is exposed, no matter of my well placed bookends. If something is out of place, it's not a successful photograph. I, so as I've been listening to you describe, you know, that the composition and how to structure it right and frame it right and balance it right, like in the back of my mind, I just kept like thinking back to what you said in the beginning that you used yeah. to do a lot of like bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs and family photos. Yeah. Like, and I'm thinking back to every bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah or family occasion that I've been to. And there's so many moving pieces. Like it's not easy to capture like that perfect 
you know, thing. Whereas in your in your real estate photography, I imagine that trash can doesn't just walk in on its own and decide to zig and zag while you're taking the photograph. Well, uh, when you when you <laughs> when you do social events and uh, but mitzvahs, but mitzvahs and, and everything else, uh, this rule does not apply. Right. Because you cannot stage it properly. You cannot. You can also. You can only work with uh, with people in front of you. Mm -hmm. and uh, a controlled environment. Otherwise, it's a candid photography. Yeah. And it's very appropriate for social events, whatever the nature is. Um, I remember I photographed a wedding once and uh, and uh, the bride was very stiff. It was very nervous and very uptight. Mm -hmm. And no matter what groom and I did or said or tried to do, she was just uh, frozen, this scared look. Finally, I called the groom on his side and said, come here. I tell you what, this is my, my last uh, resort. On the count of three, I want you to give her a slight pinch on the butt. <laughs> and you uh, evoke <laughs> some emotions from her and just see what happens. If nothing happens, then we'll throw this photograph away. <laughs> no big deal. He said, oh, what a great idea. I got it. And so I posed them. The hands and the look and the face and the, and the, and the emotions. And uh, then I said, one, two, three. He slightly pinched her in the butt. Her expression was absolutely priceless. <laughs> she was uh, surprised. She began to giggle and her expression was <laughs> priceless. It was their favorite portrait. They put it in their living room. And, <laughs> and eventually we told her our plot. She was hysterical. So sometimes it's uncontrollable. What a great story. Thank you. <laughs> in uh, real estate, interior, exterior photography, everything is controlled. A hundred percent, except some occasional oops, mistakes, oversight, just like this trash can. Sometimes I'm on a shoot. I am focused on uh, composition. I'm focused on properly exposing our interior, exterior. And, uh, and you know, sometimes I just overlook the trash can or uh, a roll of toilet paper where it's not supposed to be or article A or article B. It happens. It happens uh, not that often. I've gotten much better over the years. But mm -hmm. sometimes it's like, oh, how could I forget it? So uh, I'm working with a very talented group of uh, post-production real estate editors. They can retouch them. Mm -hmm. So if something is out of place, boom, it's, it, it's gone like magic with the, with the wave over baton. And um, so if it's just one or two items, no big deal. As long as my main scene is properly composed, Minor mm -hmm. details can be adjusted later. So, so when do you get a chance to take these photos? I imagine for staging a home before selling, or are there other reasons you would photograph interior or exterior of a home? Uh, quite often, uh, real estate agents hire me to photograph for uh, interior, exterior, reviews, mm -hmm. and everything else for the purpose of uh, selling or leasing. Mm -hmm. I work with commercial and uh, residential leasing agents. Sometimes I photograph properties for stagers or home decorators, and I've done uh, several hotels. Mm -hmm. um, six months ago, I photographed Mark Hopkins. 
Yeah, that might have been really a really cool project it to work on, me. I imagine. It was, it was, it was phenomenal. My, my, uh, my feelings were just over the top. Um, for the first uh, half a day, I was walking around. It's like, I'm photographing Park Hopkins. I have to pinch myself like uh, that groom pinched <laughs> his wife to snap into reality. If there was only someone there to take a picture of your face in that moment. I, I didn't care about a picture. <laughs> I just, uh, my heart was beating and I was walking around. It's like, I can't believe this. I'm, photo I'm photographing Mark Hopkins. And um, four days later, I photographed their regular rooms and suites and... Um, and I uh, did a lot of Metaport scans, and it turned out a very successful shoot. Mm. They updated my photographs on their website. And uh, so that was definitely the biggest, the most uh, memorable and exciting uh, shoot of my career. And uh, they had a different purpose. They told me, you know, Alex, our rooms are older. They need to be... Uh, remodeled badly so we don't want you to focus on uh, rooms themselves the views mm -hmm. views from every window uh we picked a good day and uh i focused on the windows just like as they asked me and uh, there were several cloudy moments so my editors came to rescue they replaced the window with a soft blue sky with their slightly puffy, wonderful clouds. And it turned out uh, very well. And uh, that's about it. It's uh, real estate photography, staging our hotels. And uh, one, one time I got a call from, uh, from a French plaster designer. He designed certain form formula. Mm -hmm for uh, plaster, so the interior and exterior. And apparently it is made with uh, natural uh, natural materials. And uh, he asked me to photograph some of the samples of his uh, plaster, interior and exterior. So I have those shots on my, uh, on my Instagram and my website, and uh, it's just uh, a piece of the wall or a piece of the counter that is encased in his uh, plaster. So I get these kind of jobs. You just mentioned that some of those pictures are on your website and Instagram. Where can folks find you or find those pictures? My website address is uh, A C H U Z like zebra H O Y photo P H O T O dot com. And uh, Instagram is Shujoy uh, Alex C H U Z H O Y Alex. And uh, and I have uh, quite a portfolio on my website and uh, Instagram. We'll we'll put links to the, uh, both of oh. those on our show notes. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, well, so folks can find you, and we'll send this out by both email, and That'd be great. we'll have it on the podcast version as well. But it, it, <laughs> I was thinking back to like the the bride. Story. <laughs> I was thinking back to your. I was like highlight at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the Mark Hopkins, I mean, if it's it's amazing, you know, to to have you know, capture moments of such beautiful history, you know. And I was wondering if there are any other stories that really stood out that you'd uh, be willing and open to sharing with us. Well, there's a developer. They uh, they uh, 
build their brand new homes and occasionally remodel in the peninsula. Their name is uh, Thomas James Holmes. Mm -hmm. uh, they called me about a year ago and said, Alex, somebody recommended you very highly. We're looking for a photographer to photograph our newly built or renovated custom built homes. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I had to sit down. It was like, what? Me? Great. Let's talk about it. <laughs> and um, I began photographing their multi-million dollar mansions on Peninsula. Mm. And uh, I would uh, walk in into one of their first houses and I was just blown away by the caliber of the appliances, the caliber of workmanship and the sheer size. And what was uh, incredibly impressive Every time I take a shot, I have to level my tripod. I have to make sure that uh, the tripod and camera are absolutely level. My vertical lines are exactly parallel with the side of the house and also horizontal lines. So every time I take a shot, I have to check the level of my, my camera and adjust if it's necessary. Sometimes uh, newly built homes and existing homes are so out of whack. I have to re-level re my, my camera every single time I point it in a different direction. With Thomas James Holmes, I would level it on the ground level and I would walk all over the house all in on all levels and I hardly had to change my level. That was a testament to true workmanship and uh, somebody who, who cares about what they do. They're builders absolutely superb designer can design a house this is only half the job and there are builders their crew have to build the house so it's absolutely plumb and square and level and their homes are superbly well built not just designed so mm -hmm. there was another uh, very satisfying moment in my real estate photography photographing thomas james Holmes. Do you have any uh, any tips, quick tips for all of us amateur photographers, whether it's for still spaces and places or moving fast moving objects like children? Uh, I'm not a specialist on fast moving <laughs> children anymore. I focus on stationary, solid as a house. And um, my uh, advice to you, to all of you, is uh, when you photograph for interior of any real estate space. Square your shots. Hmm. Don't make walls look caved in because you're pointing camera down. This is absolutely a turn off for me because I developed an eye on the perfection. So to me, it's extremely noticeable. But a lot of amateur photographers don't pay attention to vertical lines or being hmm. straight on. They, angle either too high looking down or looking up. And uh, it shifts perspective of uh, vertical lines and uh, sides of the rooms. And uh, if you don't know it, you don't pay attention. Mm -hmm. But the moment you know it, the moment you realize that some of the rooms look like this, oh, like this, you'll never miss it again. You'll never look at the real estate photography with the same eye again. You will always notice imperfections. So can I show you a couple of my examples? 
It, you, you absolutely can. And the folks who are going to be listening to the audio version of this conversation won't be able to see it. Oh, but no. if you can take us maybe verbally point out some of the things that you're sharing on the screen, that'd be great. Okay. So for instance, this. It's a wide angle of our entry level and entry room and the living room. And uh, this is what I'm talking about, bookmarks. Hmm. The border... Uh, the door jam on the left, and I have a door jam on the right. This is a well-placed bookmark. Our, our show is just a very little of it, not much, but it grounds you. It uh, it gives you a vertical frame within a frame. There's no such thing as a upper bookmark or lower bookmark because uh, you know it's just uh, floating in the ceiling. But left side and right side. They have to be grounded. It has to be a, it has to be a, um, an edge for the lack of better word. And uh, here's another example. Left bookmark right before the door jam and the right bookmark right in the corner of the house. And uh, everything else has to be composed properly and uh, have ample amount of space on the left, the right, and just to present a photograph and present a living room in the best possible way. Another example of a well-composed photography is uh, parallel lines, horizontal lines, and perspective. Here, I, am, I made sure that my camera is absolutely centered along the fireplace, and my left side and the right side, right bookmark and uh, left bookmark are fairly equal. Because if they would be uh, unbalanced, one is thin, one is thick, then it would be very disturbing. And uh, I was also focusing on uh, making my horizontal lines mm. here, mental and the ceiling, multiple layers of the ceiling, as parallel to the edge of the photograph as possible. It gives it a very nice, solid balance. And the composition, uh, I think, is nice. And uh, what I also did on, on this uh, photograph is uh, I photographed the window as a second exposure. And then my uh, editors blended in with the interior. And uh, this is what I'm uh, striving for. This kind of uh, com compositions and uh, adjustments and level. Obviously, I don't have any parallel horizontal lines because it's an angular shot, but I made sure that my right bookend is uh, somewhat in line with the, with the left. And even though it's not the right edge of the, of the dresser, but this uh, ornate boss provides a, a good bookmark. I did not want to cut it across the base because I didn't want to cut a piece of it off. So I compromised my... Uh, um, dresser, but I preserved the normal amount of space within the edge of the photograph and, uh, and uh, the vase. And on the right side, I found my bookend as a windowsill. Mm -hmm. So this is, this is what I'm uh, striving to do on every photograph. Compose it well, pay attention to every detail. Sometimes courts are just impossible to get rid of. If for it's too many of them, I Photoshop them. But if it's small, 
tacked in the corner. You know, it's natural. There is a lamp and there is a power cord. So it, it did not bother me. Overall, I'm fairly fairly pleased with this uh, photograph. Well, unfortunately, folks who are listening to the audio version can't see these beautiful pictures, but they are absolutely beautiful. And as an amateur photographer, I really appreciate the like this new lesson for me to bookmark my shots on both right and the left sides. That's very, very, very good tips. Then thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. and I would say that this is also making me want to remodel our home because these are some <laughs> really beautiful pictures. Uh, okay, call Thomas James Holmes. No, <laughs> right. This this talk is about you, not about Thomas J. Holmes. But yes, they so do get a shameless plug. But I'm so grateful to them. And here's another example of what I like to do. I like to focus on their small, decorative, interesting, fine detail. This is the original piece from over 100 years ago. And I just wanted to feature it for, for this photography shoot. And it's just beautiful, contrasty, clean. I'm looking for clean lines as, as often as I can find them. And this was a, this was a good shot. Well, I really appreciate you sharing some of these with us. And speaking of history, I'd love to pivot a little bit and have us talk about your history with Heber Filon, if you're Ooh. open to, yes. to yeah, tell us absolutely. a little bit about it. Absolutely. So in the early 80s, uh, I went to a community college in San Francisco, and uh, I, uh, I thought I want to follow the steps of my father and become an electronics uh, technician. but. Uh, Along the way, I came across a course in uh, black and white photography. And uh, a couple of friends of mine and I decided to take it. It's like, oh, this sounds interesting. So I, I took a course for uh, black and white photography. And, and the rest is history. That's when I realized that I like it. Hmm. And what did it take you from there? Uh, I ended up taking uh, more than just uh, one uh, course of black and white photography. I took a lot of uh, composition courses, uh, exposure, development, or uh, darkroom uh, process, and uh, people photography. And uh, after a couple of years, I decided that, you know, I think I want to make it my profession. Mm -hmm. I want to become a photographer. So I uh, contacted uh, one, uh, one local uh, photographer. He was uh, well known for wedding photography and I called him and I said uh, I I told him who I am what I've done what I want to do my my passion he said you know normally I don't do this I get a lot of phone calls but I hear passion in your in your in, in your in your voice and I see it in you let's meet mm -hmm. uh, we met and we talked and he said tell you what I'll uh, I'll make you an offer I like you. Um, I want to teach you wedding photography. And uh, what I'll teach you, you'll never learn in college. You'll never learn in school. So I, I'm offering you to assist me for six months without pay. Uh, you will tag along on all of my weddings. Every wedding I do, as many as you can do. And uh, carry my gear set up my gear, just be my assistant, do everything I tell you to do. Along the way, I'll explain what we're doing, why we're doing, I'll teach you 
loads uh, for a useful understanding and insight of uh, photography and how to become a photographer. And I want you to assist me for six months without pay. After six months, if you still want to do it, I'll hire you and I'll pay you well. And furthermore, if you will get your own gig, just uh, let me know in advance and you can borrow all of my equipment. Hmm. And uh, But I want your commitment for two years afterwards. And we just did a handshake. In the 80s, there were, there were not too many, too many uh, disclosures and contracts and attorneys and, uh, and the long contracts. We just did a handshake agreement. We put some basic facts on the paper. He signed, I signed, he shook my hand. Alex, welcome to Hoyland Photography. Hmm. And this is how I started. Wow, it's beautiful. And um, I assisted him for six months diligently. He was, uh, he was very pleased with what I did. And he gladly hired me after my initial six months tenure. And uh, he paid me well. He was very flexible with me. And uh, a couple of times I had to borrow his equipment to do my own, my photography events. He had no problems. And uh, so this is how I started. And uh, even beyond a two-year term, we retained our friendship. And uh, once in a while, he would call me, Alex, I need help on such and such a weekend. Can you help me? Ralph, for you, anything. And... Uh, I realized that I need my own equipment. My, I need my own gear. And uh, this is when I contacted Hebrew Freelon. I think it was back in 1985. And I asked for a business loan. And I went through the process and approvals and interviews, and they gave me a loan, enough to buy my own equipment. That's amazing. That's how I started. And uh, and uh, I repaid that loan on time, and then I had to borrow one more time, maybe six years ago, and get another loan, and uh, repaid that. And uh, recently, when I, when, I did, when I decided to completely upgrade my gearbox, I took here a third loan. So right mm -hmm. now I'm in the middle of my third loan. And uh, so I, I'm nothing but grateful the Hebrew free loan and uh, everybody. You, you know, every, you hear these stories, right? Where someone get launched in a career or a new direction, but where you are now, yeah, right, having the experience, the wisdom, you know, the, the hindsight, being able to look over your shoulder over all of those pivotal moments. Um, do you have any advice for a newly of aspiring business owner entrepreneur who is today perhaps where you were at that time just getting started connect with your dream have passion if you don't have passion it's difficult to succeed i was so uh, passionate about photography i really wanted it. i wanted to experience uh, artistic approach technical approach it gave me incredible thrill to create a piece of art. Hmm. I've done a lot of our fine art photography. And uh, 
and I was exhibited at the exhibition, and I had my uh, had my exhibition in the open house, and I saw my fine art photography on the walls of for of her art studio, and um, the high that it gave me satisfaction, this inner joy mm. is indescribable. So feel that passion, whatever you do. And if you don't feel passion for that, for that particular subject, change something. Passion will, uh, will propel you forward and will help you to succeed. And uh, financial rewards are important, but most importantly, passion will feed your occupation and uh, business and uh, financial rewards will come. Just look around and look in the mirror and ask yourself if it makes you passionate about this subject. If uh, baking pizza is your passion, for crying out loud, then become a pizza baker. If uh, arranging flowers makes you whole inside, then follow that dream. I get it, money is important. Frankly, this is why I got out of uh, photography in the 90s because, uh, you know, I wasn't making enough money and uh, and uh, film photography began to disappear and digital uh, uh, was becoming a fad. And I looked into digital photography and it was awfully expensive and the quality was terrible. And uh, I couldn't afford to buy a digital camera. So I gave up photography. I sold my professional film camera and it became a real estate agent. Hmm. And for about 20 years, I was working as a realtor and a mortgage broker for over 20 years. Hmm. And uh, five years ago, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I walked away from real estate and mortgages and uh, I became a house, house dad taking care of my uh, young child. And uh, after about a year of that gig, I, I looked around and said, no, there is more to me than, than just, just being a house dad. And uh, photography. And I began to research and look into photography. And, uh, and this is how I decided to become a real estate photographer. Why? Because I was a realtor. And, as, and I thought to myself, I was a good photographer. I was a good realtor. I'm going to be a good real estate. <laughs> Full circle. I was, but I was wrong. I knew nothing about real estate photography until open homes photography kind of smacked me across across the across the head. No, 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 Alex. This is not <laughs> how we do it. Well, so, these are beautiful reminders to start with passion, lead with passion, follow our passion, but also. Uh, Hard work, it sounds like, is a very big part of your experience and um, lending a helping hand when you're able to. And when you're not, asking for help is something that is essential. Uh, essential. Essential. Absolutely. And I'm very grateful to Hebrew Free Loan for extending this helping hand and allowing me several times during my photography career to reinvent myself to start to begin with in the 80s and uh, enhance my uh, enhance my uh, equipment. And then uh, three years ago, I got another loan and, and I bought uh, 
extremely powerful and uh, and uh, flexible camera that allows me to to do whatever I need to do in real estate photography. Alex, it's good to have you back in Thank the you. in the seat that you're so passionate about. Thank As you. we come to a close, I just uh, want to let everybody know that we've been talking with Alex Chujoy, who's a commercial photographer who passionately specializes in real estate photography. <laughs> So if you're a real estate broker, a developer, or a hotel owner who wants to make your spaces look good in photos, well, now you know who to call. Thank you. And so on behalf of Hebrew Free Loan and the Business Circle, Alex, I just want to, again, thank you for taking the time and sharing your personal journey and some of these very important, emotional, real stories from your life. And I also want to thank all of our listeners and our supporters, thank you so much. And we will talk again soon. Pleasure is mine. Roman, thank you for this opportunity. I appreciate it. Thank you, Alex. Be well, everybody.